Hey y'all, this is Allison. Before we start, a reminder to sign up for the free spring cleaning course. If it's not spring, you can call it the decluttering challenge. It is a five-day challenge to declutter your home, mind, body, and soul, and it's freaking awesome. Go to aligndesigns.co, click on online courses, and it'll be the first one listed as you scroll down. This is Align Designs, the show about creating a life of ease and flow and encouraging women to be 100% authentically themselves by following their inner authority and practicing transparency and vulnerability. This is the place where you can collect all the tools to help you construct your best life through the lens of human design. Here's your host, Allison Cullen. I think y'all are going to love today's podcast with my hypnotherapist, April Behunen. She was on the Align Designs podcast in the fall of 2020, so almost a year ago. And this is a cool episode because we sort of chat about where all our lives have each gone over the past 10 months or so, some of the things that we're currently doing, working on in our personal lives, and um, the new type of therapy she does. It's still RTT therapy, but she does it with a different, a slightly different process. It's really interesting. So I am excited for you guys to hear this little chat that I had with April and I can't wait to hear what you think. Okay. Thanks so much, you guys, for tuning back into the Align Designs podcast. I'm super excited because I have a return podcast guest with us today. Y'all will be hearing from my chat with April Behunen. Our first podcast episode was at the end of October 2020, and I think it was episode 13. So if you feel like going back and listening to that after this, you are more than welcome to. We've both learned so much since that podcast episode. April is my personal hypnotherapist coach. She's awesome. And she's going to talk a little bit about what all she does, but I just wanted to have you back on April because you're such an awesome like-minded mama and have so much to give, not just to moms, but to all of us. And, And I know that I guess mental health is of the utmost importance right now (laughs) so I'm really excited to have this conversation with you so a few things just so y'all know I had a hypnotherapy my first hypnotherapy session with April I think it was like mid November 2020 it was it was like three days after I quit drinking and oh my gosh like it was so incredibly helpful. And April's going to talk a little bit about her her process that she does with that. But it was I talked about this in my episode on my relationship with alcohol, but I was super scared to quit drinking for like an extended period of time, and I had chatted with April about this, and I knew that this could just be like a, that extra support to sort of get me over to that the hump and lower my urges and I don't know, just really tap into my subconscious and stuff. So we we did that. I'm just giving y'all like sort of what, what has happened since then. But we did that in November and it was 
honestly like magical. It it's not that like quitting drinking was just so easy. It was easier than I thought it was going to be. And I really think part of that was the hypnotherapy. Basically, y'all can go back and listen to my episode on my relationship with alcohol because I go month by month like all of the process and what it's been like the past 8 or 9 months and and um but I kicked that off with a session with April. So that was awesome. R- April, what all is new in your world in 2021? What all has changed for you since we last spoke? Oh my gosh, so much has changed. And um, thank you for having me on your podcast again. I'm very excited to be chatting with you. Yeah, so since I've worked with you, things have changed a lot. Um, First of all, I'm not only an RTT therapist and hypnotherapist, but I'm also teaching um, other RTT students. So I teach them in virtual classes and I'll be doing a live event with Marissa Peer um, in November. So I've joined the Marissa Peer team and it's been really, really, really exciting to be a part of that. But, you know, also a big thing that's changed is really integrating. I, I'm really about integrating your conscious and subconscious mind now. I have found that it really speeds up the rewiring process. And a lot of my clients, really, really need the additional support. The ones that are dealing with long-term eating disorders or addiction, alcoholism, uh, drug abuse, those kind of things. And, you know, the problem with traditional coaching and things like AA Mm -hmm. is that it only really works with the conscious mind, right? And which is only 5% of our thoughts and behavior. And the other 95% is all subconscious. Now, the problem with just traditional subconscious work is that it leaves out the 5% conscious part of ourselves, which actually plays a huge role in our day-to-day actions. So after working with clients strictly on a subconscious level for a while, just like I did with you, I realized that if I encourage them to take certain conscious action during their day-to-day lives that reinforce the subconscious work we were doing in session, and the transformation process just sped up exponentially. Mm-hmm. So by combining the power of hypnotherapy and coaching, I've been able to support my clients on a subconscious level and a conscious level, which has just created harmony between what they do and what they think. That is so cool. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. We've talked about this before. April is also super into human design and she can work with clients on, on that kind of stuff too. So if you know what human design type you are, she like, she knows all of that. But I was looking at your chart earlier this morning before we jumped on zoom and one of your Jupiter gates, which Jupiter is in charge of like your like career and purpose and, you know, financial blessings, like the way that you're meant to support yourself and make money and your career path basically is gate 60, which is the ability to help make big changes happen fast, which is so cool. Nice. (laughs) So fun. I just, I like looking up little things like that and I was like, oh my gosh, that is spot on. You know, I've learned so much about the subconscious and everything and I didn't realize that it was 95%. I, I knew that it was a lot, but I didn't know it was, it was that much, but you're really correct in the 5% of conscious because we are, we do live in a physical reality and we do have conscious thoughts and they're a really important part of being able to manifest what we want and make changes happen with what we want, you know? 
Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I found that, you know, I actually coach all of my RTT clients now. I coach them all a little bit, but I found that it's essential for, um, you know, for my clients that are struggling with issues that have a lot of layers, you know, like eating issues, weight issues, relationship issues, anxiety, depression, and addiction. Um, so even I even coach clients who are ready to level up in their businesses or career. So I've just found that the coaching has just added such an amazing element, and especially for my clients that have addiction issues. And I can kind of run through mm-hmm. a little bit about what I coach them on, if that's if you're, yes. is that okay? Okay. And before you do, I just wanted to touch on a couple things with, cause I know that you specialize in, in working people with, with people with addictions and eating disorder issues, but I wanted to touch on both of those because with the addictions part of it, I know that so many of us wouldn't really consider ourselves an addict necessarily. And if you do, then definitely contact April like today and she can start <laughs> working with you and coaching you. But even consider yourself an addict because I don't consider myself an addict or a previous alcoholic. Um, but I knew that it was something that s- sometimes had control over me and I wasn't in total control of, of it. And I didn't, I don't know. I just feel like I had certain demons that would come out if I drank a lot that I had gotten like enough, like calm enough or chilled out enough to then they would like come out, you know, level up and, and come out. And so that was like my issue with drinking. Not that I couldn't go a week without drinking. Do, do you know what I mean? So I didn't consider myself an addict. And then with eating disorders, I personally have never had an eating disorder, but I have had disordered eating. <laughs> um, so I just want people to know that it doesn't have to be this crazy, crazy extreme thing if they do have eating disorders or even had dis- eating disorders as a child or adolescent, that still is in your subconscious, even if you have quote unquote recovered from it. So it's still a good idea to work with somebody like April, like doing mm-hmm. RTT therapy and coaching. And also if you eat to soothe yourself, which a lot of us do a lot of the time, this can help with that as well. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to put those two things out there because I know some people don't like to put labels on themselves of like, I have an addiction or I have an eating disorder and they can still have crutches with certain things and not be utilize, using things in a healthy way. Exactly. Tell us about the new process and how you, how you work with people individually on that. Yeah. So you don't have to have a full blown addiction. You don't have to be, you don't have to consider yourself an addict. Right. But we still all have urges. Okay. So, and that's just a normal thing. We're all human beings. We all have urges to do things that are not good for us sometimes. So urges develop in your life for two very simple reasons. The first reason is just survival instincts. And then the second reason is habit or conditioning. So once you, you know, eat sugar so many times or you drink alcohol so many times, your body and your brain become conditioned to expect and demand that behavior. So your brain automatically sends out those strong urges like, when you get off of work and you had a stressful day and you want to drink, 
sends out those strong urges because it thinks it's necessary for survival. So habit formation is vital for brain function. This is just what our brains do because it conserves energy. What brain processes are behind urges to drink, use, or overeat, it's our primitive brain. It's our subconscious. And our subconscious is all about survival. It's all about seeking pleasure. It's all about avoiding pain and emotional and physical discomfort. So the limbic system is vital for keeping us alive and safe by helping us avoid danger. So, but if it's poorly understood, it can work against us and cause this addiction to something that's really not good for us. Mm -hmm. The limbic system reacts as if, you know, drinking or overeating or over, over shopping is as necessary for survival as oxygen, as, as if the discomfort of the urges must be avoided like a real painful threat to your well-being. Does that make sense? Yes, 100%. Yeah. So, and then, you know, there's the whole reward system that kicks in, you know, like that you, you experience pleasure when you're buying things, when you're eating sugar, when you're drinking, when you're having sex, all these things, it strengthens those neural pathways because we're, we feel rewarded, but it's entirely possible to teach your primitive brain, your subconscious that drinking actually isn't, or drinking or overeating isn't actually necessary or rewarding. And you can simply do this by dismissing urges. That's, that's easier said than done, right? Dismissing an urge. So in, if anyone is overeating or over, overspending or has any kind of addiction to anything, right now you have strong, organized neural pathways in your subconscious brain, your lower brain, that drive urges to do those things. And there's no way to turn off those urges except to retrain your brain. Okay. Otherwise you're just going to be white knuckling it, which people do, but I find that's really hard. That's that's like the worst thing. Just like using your willpower, it will eventually give in like it just will. Exactly. And, and it's frustrating. So there's two goals that allow us to do this, to really dismiss those urges. So this is the framework that I use. One, I teach my clients how to dismiss the urges. And there's five steps to that. And that is what they're doing on a conscious level. So I walk them through those five steps. And then two, emotional intelligence. So that's the subconscious work I do. I do a whole session on emotional intelligence where I'm installing healthy coping mechanisms um, and, you know, the ability to process their emotions fully and really feel their feelings. So it's the combination of those two things that teach your lower brain, your subconscious, that there is no life and death situation here. That's how we rewire the brain. So if you think of your conscious mind, think of that as your, the top part of your brain and your subconscious is the bottom part. So our higher brains our conscious mind are responsible for deciding what to do with the information from our lower brains. And right now, most people, their higher brains aren't doing that job. It's letting the lower brain, your subconscious run the show. And this is why you feel people feel hijacked by urges. They'll have this urge to drink or this urge to eat that cupcake. And it's like, they have no control. Because your brain is functioning from the bottom up 
when you really need it to function from the top to the bottom. So here's what I, I drill this through my clients' heads all the time. Your higher brain always has the choice to act on the messages that come from your lower brain. Mm-hmm. In other words, your conscious mind can always override your subconscious mind. We are human beings. We are conscious beings. Our conscious mind is so powerful. And so, you know, I think a lot of people come to me and they go, well, I'm just an addict. And they... they they just label themselves as this and it's completely out of my control. No, it's actually in your control. Your subconscious, your conscious mind can always, always, always override those urges coming from your subconscious mind. And then the work we're going to do on a subconscious level during hypnosis is going to make those urges a lot weaker. And this is going to be a lot, a lot easier for you. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I'm excited about this. And the reason I'm excited about this is, and I know we talked about this a little bit, well, it might have been before I hit the record button, but in my alcohol-free journey, I knew that I was going to take a year off for sure, and maybe more. Mm -hmm. And like, there's half of my brain, I guess my conscious brain, right, that's being like, yes, 12 months, and you can do that, and whatever. And like, part of me was like, that's like, was a good place to say, I'm going to take a year off and then reevaluate. And then part of me is like, should I just stop drinking forever? Do you know what I mean? Cause it's like, mm-hmm. once you, once you go like three months without drinking, part of you is like, oh my God, I feel so amazing. Like, why would I ever like drink a sip of alcohol again? If I know that it's poison to my body. But then there's part of me that I think is part of the subconscious that remembers like trips to Europe. And I'm like, how in the world am I going to go to Europe in the future and not have some wine in Italy or France? Do you know what I mean? Like there's like this, these deeper life memories and meanings and stuff where it's just very much attached. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. Because I, I went five years without any alcohol. And I did miss that part of my life, you know, like, no, I was in a phase of my life, I was having babies and stuff. So it it was kind of easy to not drink. But yeah, I would think about, oh, when I go on this vacation, you know, I, I want to have that experience. And I'm just kind of, I'm a very stubborn person. I'm a Taurus. And I, And I like, (laughs) I like the finer things in life. And I just wanted that freedom. I didn't like the idea of being like, I can never drink ever again. Yeah. I think, oh my gosh, I just had like this total aha. That's what it is. It's Mm -hmm. freedom is one of my like one main authentic codes. Yeah, me too. So that's what it is. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I just have chills on my body because I'm like, that's. (laughs) The reason it's not because I really am like in love with wine. It's like, I don't want to create a rule for myself that I'm not allowed to have X, Y, Z. Yes. And you, you, and the thing is like, when you have, when you give yourself that freedom, it's like, I don't even like drinking that. (laughs) You know, it's easier for me to not drink. It's funny. Yeah. And that would honestly be my, like, if I could create a perfect scenario, I would get to 12 months feel like I had done enough emotional work to where I don't have to have the alcohol free rule anymore, but like literally (laughs) hardly ever crave it. That's what I would love. That would be like my perfect scenario. I would still love to be like a part of the, 
sober curious movement and helping fellow women to take breaks from drinking because I think it's really a great thing to do um, mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff, but not have to be, you know, like there's people that I um, follow just as, as role models and expanders that have been sober for like 15 years and stuff. And I think that's amazing and beautiful. And I think that just because if I go 12 months and then decide to have two glasses of wine and see how I feel and then go another six months without drinking, I wouldn't like discount that one night. I would be like, oh, I've, I've been sober for or alcohol free or whatever for a year and a half now. Like that's uh-huh. just, I had one night that I tried a couple glasses of wine and it didn't make me feel as good as I thought it would. And yeah. maybe I'll have wine in the future if I go to France and I don't know. This part of AA too is you're like, I have two years under my belt and it's this like ego thing and pride thing and this sense of control. And I don't want to get there. I've seen myself a few times over the past eight months get a little bit on my high horse and get a little bit judgy. And then I've had to bring myself back and be like, no, we're not going like, you're not being like that. It's Mm -hmm. not happening. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. I think people, I used to always say like people get addicted to recovery, you know, and I just thought of something. I think that if and when you do reintroduce alcohol into your life, I am betting that the experience is going to be really interesting for you because when I introduced it back into my life, I am so sensitive to it. Yeah. It's actually really hard for me to drink that much because like one drink and then I feel off the next day. Yeah. Whereas like I used before that, like before I took my break with alcohol, I could drink and drink and drink. I mean, granted, I was younger, but it's a different, it's like when you give your body a long chunk of time without, without it, it's gonna, you're gonna have a different response to it when you bring it back in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, and when that happens, I'm definitely gonna do a session with you to before I reintroduce it. But that's also just a thing where I, maybe I need to take some time too and and, and really think about the freedom stuff. Cause there's a lot of, of things right now that are triggering me in the freedom area. And I didn't, I just didn't make the connection that alcohol is like one of those things. Right now I feel very free. And because I've consciously chosen to take a year off, I feel in control of it and I don't feel a lack of freedom, but beyond that. And once I've really cleaned up a lot of those emotional issues, I do think that that would be like a, impediment on my freedom to like have still have those rules like right now I feel very free (laughs) just because I'm like not having to make those decisions of like okay am I gonna drink on Friday or Saturday Mm -hmm. like not having to decide and not having to have a any rules about that about the amount of drinking that makes me feel free currently Mm -hmm. yeah I'm so glad we're talking because like just literally, I mean, I know this is going to be super helpful for everybody that's listening, but selfishly, I'm like, oh, I realized what my issue is with reintroducing alcohol. It's like a freedom thing that I just want that choice, regardless of if I ever choose to actually drink again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So crazy. Okay. So what did you do at the end of your like sober five years to reintroduce that? back into your life? 
Yeah. So I did it very slowly because what I realized was that like, I was never, I was just a partier back in the day. And I, and I abused alcohol. Like I, I suffered from major, major crippling anxiety and panic attacks and depression. And I was definitely using alcohol and other things as a means of coping and just, mm-hmm. just getting through life really. So I realized that I didn't really even know how to moderately drink. So I started introducing it back and there were like two times where it was a bad experience and I'm like, wait, okay, maybe I can't do this. Well, I'm going to have an RTT session on it. So I, I had an RTT session done on me for, um, to become a moderate drinker. I had the session. It was very powerful. And I listened to my recording and I listened to it, I think for about two months and it did the trick. I, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm able to you know, have a glass of wine and then check in with myself, like, how am I feeling? What's going on? And, and it's just not really a struggle for me. Whereas it used to be, I, it was like my subconscious would completely take over. Like there was no, I would just get lost in it and there was no, um, no stopping. And I didn't check in with myself. You know what I mean? That's what I did. I just kind of introduced it very, very slowly. And my husband, you know, knew my history and everything. So he was there to kind of help me along. And yeah, so that's, that's what I did. And it worked. And I, and, you know, I think it's, it was risky for me to do that. Absolutely. Um, So I don't, I don't ever recommend that my clients do this. But, you know, if it is something if you, if you feel like you're drinking, you, maybe you're not a full-blown, you don't consider yourself an addict, but it's gotten out of control and you wanted a session on just becoming a moderate drinker, I highly, highly recommend it. Well, and I really think, I mean, this is where I was for 2020, most, you know, 11 months out of 2020, is that I think that most people who drink alcohol after the past 18 months have become regular drinkers. Mm-hmm. And... It's something that is really important to look at because especially in keeping our physical health and our immune systems up right now, that's like the worst thing you could be doing is daily drinking. Like, <laughs> you know, regardless <laughs> of where you stand on COVID and all of that, uh, you're if you're putting poison into your body on a daily basis, it's not going to help preventing you and getting sick. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. Um, and just for the mental health, I mean, it was... We've already been through so, so much mentally and emotionally the past couple of years that that impedes on any kind of like joy or fulfillment or hope in your life. And you don't, you don't think of it when you're in the middle of daily drinking, you know, and I'm not talking about like day drinking. I'm talking about like daily, a daily glass of wine at the end of every day. You don't think that that's a problem, but when you do take some time off of it, you're like, oh my God, that was a freaking, like that was, those were handcuffs that Mm -hmm. were on me and they were preventing me from, from like coming up for, for air. Yes. And it was causing me so much anxiety. I, I, it's so funny. And I know a lot of people know about this, you know, but you know, I was drinking to soothe my anxiety, but really it was just putting, it was like 
putting gasoline on the fire. It was making my anxiety so, so much worse. Okay, so I am definitely going to put all of your links in the show notes below. So if you're listening, make sure you go and check out the show notes and you can follow April on Instagram because she has like a lot of really great free content on there. And then I'll also link your website below where people can go and book with you. Definitely, if you have any substance things that you want to look at, I would, or eating disorder stuff or disordered eating, for sure, reach out to April. But I honestly feel like after the past couple of years, everybody could utilize a little bit of RTT (laughs) therapy. And it's sort of like you're running a marathon and RTT is like, takes you from mile one to 20 and you only have to do the last like six miles. <laughs> it's exactly. Yeah. You a head start, I guess. Yes. It's like talk therapy and meditation on steroids. That's, yeah. you know, it's like, that's what I say to people. It's like years of talk therapy and meditation just jammed into a single session. I usually only work with people for one to three sessions and something for like a moderate drinking would just be one session. So it's very, very fast. It's deep work though. Right. Allison, like it's, it's heavy, but if you're the type of person who just wants to get in there and get it done, then RTT is the way to go. And, and just so you guys know what happens during a session, it's not like 30 minutes, it's a little bit longer. So you have to carve out some time. It's an amazing experience, but then also April records a portion of the session for you to go back and listen to on a daily basis as you're relaxing. And it's so nice. So if you have any, any type of meditation practice or quiet time practice or anything like that, or breath work, this can sort of be in place of that for the next few months after, um, y'all's session. And that is what really, I feel like puts it in, is that what is you still do it that way? Yeah, that's what I still do. Yeah, the sessions are about two hours, sometimes two and a half hours. And that last 20 minutes is recorded. And, you know, our brains learn by repetition. So that last part of the session, I'm installing new beliefs and new behaviors right into your subconscious. And then you listen to those same, those same um, suggestions in the recording every day. And that's what really cements those beliefs and ideas into your subconscious. So that's really where the magic happens, listening to that recording. I love it. Yeah, that was, it was so helpful for me. And it was a great excuse to just like take a little bit of time for myself each day. Yeah. And, and chill out, which I think was useful in it and on its own. So yeah. um, April, thank you so much for coming back to the podcast and for sharing everything new in your world and, and all of the new services that you offer. I know that it's going to be so helpful for all of our listeners and yeah, just connect with April, go to the show notes, go give her a follower on follow on Instagram, click on her website and learn all about her and and book a session with her. And I know that you, um, you know, if anybody has questions before they're, before they book a session, they can totally reach out to you. I know that I did that and, and ask you any questions that they might have or tell you their, their situation that they're in to see if they would be a good fit for RTT therapy. Absolutely. You can send me a DM, you can email me and you can also um, just book a consultation call right on my website. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much, April. I so appreciate you coming back and being a guest on the podcast. Yay. Thank you so much. It was fun. Thank you
Thanks for listening. For more Align Designs and to connect with Allison, go to aligndesigns.co. A production of the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, I'm Marla Barr, the host of Your Wellness Journey, a podcast all about self-care, nutrition, and physical and emotional wellness. I'll teach you all about owning your wellness and understanding your personal healing journeys. Every week, you'll hear on how to conquer your mind-body obstacles and understanding your gifts. Subscribe or follow to Your Wellness Journey in all the places you would expect to find a podcast.